Happy New Year. How are you guys doing? And to those of you who travel, welcome back. Welcome back. And to those of you who are visiting Seattle, welcome to the city of Seattle. Amen. Uh, before I begin, I want to congratulate to those uh, the students who have graduated in our discipleship journey uh, from the Come and Grow classes. Uh, I wonder, I'm, I'm not sure if everybody is here yet, uh, but uh, if you are, please come forward and you can receive your certificate. The first one is Cindy. Cindy Arika. Cindy Arika is out. Uh, Jason Gautama. Okay, there's still a lot of people traveling, huh? Where is Jason? Oh, wow. Usually you wear black, but today you wear white. <laughs> congratulations, congratulations. Yes. Uh, the next one is uh, Daniel Wijaya. Oh, this is family. Chandra Wijaya. Elin Lina. All right, maybe the whole family then, yeah. Cindy, yes. Yes, yes. I know the whole family. Congratulations again. Congratulations. And then, uh, last but not least, Ken Kisney. Yeah. Congratulations. All right. Good. Congrats. See you again. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. To those of you who want to sign up in our um, iGrow classes, uh, it's going to start next Saturday. You can see me here at 11 a.m. You know, just come. And then if you want to register, I think it's good to register. Is that as you exit through this door, turn to your left, uh, there will be a booth just to the left of this door uh, by the main entrance here. So uh, come and meet me there. You're going to learn a lot about uh, this house and also about God. Amen? Uh, how many of you realize we are 2020? Happy New Year. We are in the New Year. <laughs> I know. Isn't that amazing? I still remember last year, uh, you know, December 31st, uh, what I exactly do, you know, the moments and all that stuff. Um, and then suddenly, here we are in the, in the new year, opening a new calendar and a new chapter of our lives. Uh, this year, uh, our global, IGF uh, global theme is called Greater Blessing. And I pray that usually when, when the global uh, theme are being released, that means that the movement is starting to release too throughout all over the world, right? Uh, and so I pray uh, as we begin to 2020 that you will receive a greater blessing in 2020. Can you say amen? Amen. How many of you like greater blessing? Right? Yeah. A few of you. Okay. <laughs> That's good. And to those of you who have not started your fasting, I want to encourage you, let's start tomorrow, you know, I know that some of you just came back from your holiday, but let's begin this new year with prayer, with fasting, and we believe that through the power of prayer and fasting, you can see greater blessing and the heaven's door open up uh, for your life, for your family, and for those that are praying for, for your circumstances, amen? Uh, as we begin our new year, uh, our new sermon series this month and next month is called The Untold Blessings. Uh, we're going to learn that many of life's blessing, uh, you know, from God does not come only in the form of material things, right? It doesn't come only in terms of substance or money or assets <laughs> or uh, stock market, even though to those of you who invested in stock, I'm sure you are happy because uh, the, the, the Dow Jones went, I, I was told that on average the Dow Jones went up 28%. That's fine. That's fantastic. You know, wonderful if you invest that, but the untold blessing from the Lord does not only comes in the form of material things, but it also comes in the things that are unseen. 
also in the things that your mind cannot conceive, also in the things that your ear has not heard. The revelation, I, you know, as I was praying, uh, God gave me uh, from Proverbs, uh, which I'm going to share on the Thursday night prayer meeting, uh, that God promised to those that He loved so much that you are going to sit together with Him in His throne and He is going to give you revelation. How many of you like to listen to the revelation of God? I think if you receive revelation from God, you can go from glory to glory to glory and you are going to live your life from grace to grace to grace. And I want that, uh, as I received that word from the, uh, from the books of Proverbs, I said, God, I want you to give me the mystery of God. I want you to give me the revelation and the secrets of God in 2020. Amen? Uh, as I was praying for 2020, as I was praying for untold blessing, God, what do you want to share to your people at the beginning of the year? You, you know, when you begin the year, it's a very important message, right? Because it sets the tone for the whole year. You know, we close uh, the 2019 with a great message of reminder from Koriki that do not give up. Because when, when, when like Caleb, when he saw that vision of God in front of him, the vision sometimes has giants in it. Hello? How many of you know that when you enter into the new year and you see your vision, sometimes you see vision, you see giants, you see challenges as you enter 2020, right? But it depends on your vision, right? It depends on your perception, on how you want to enter the land, right? For how many people, Koriki, that, that look and spy over the land? There are many, right? There are many people who spy over the land and only two people came back with a positive report. And I pray that here, over 200 of us, when we look upon the land and we look upon the new journey in 2020 and we saw there is challenges, we look at it knowing that Jesus has already been there for us and he, was, he is already there to give us the victory. So that, uh, like, like this morning I said, you know, when I pray for God's vision for 2020, sometimes I get nervous, sometimes I get worried, you know, sometimes worry creeps in. How many of you understand what I'm talking talking about. You know, when you think about the future, when you think about uncertainty, worry starts to creep in. And when worry starts to creep in, peace starts to disappear. <laughs> How many of you understand this? Or oh, your life is all sera sera all the way. You never worried, you never lose peace. Good for you. Pray for me, okay? <laughs> Sometimes when I think about the new year, things of the uncertainty, worry starts to creep in. And then when worry starts to creep in, peace starts to disappear. Peace starts to back off. And when peace starts to back off, then you lose sleep. Right? You lose sleep, and some of you lose your appetite to eat. In my case, I gain my appetite when I worry. I, I don't know about you guys. When I worry, I eat more. <laughs> right? But God said this morning, He said, you know what? God's vision, God's provision. God's vision, God's provision. You know, when God gave you the vision, even though there are giants in it, God will provide the way for us to break through those giants. So today, I want to share with you in Psalm 92. Uh, it's just about two verses, three verses. Psalm 92, verse 12 to 14. God gave me this verse and put it into my heart. And I ponder upon it uh, for a couple of weeks now. And, uh, and I, I, I want to unpack this. And we're just going to stay in these three verses for the next uh, 15, 20 minutes, okay? Uh, it says this, The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord, and they flourish in the courts of our God. In all age, they still produce fruit, and they are always green and full of sap. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for the word that you're going to give us. 
Allow us to reflect and dwell in your word, Father God. Because your word gives us encouragement and your word is alive. And the word that's going to be spoken to each and every one of our lives today will give us revelation to let us move from here to the end of the year with glory, with victory. Father God, speak to us. Let us have an open heart and give us a fertile soil to receive your word. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today I want to talk about these three verses. And my, the sermon title today is Planted in the House. Planted in the House. You know, many times we in this generation, we take advantage or we, we, we kind of take it for granted about the house of God. How many of you that know that when you are planted in the house of God, there is untold blessings? There is mystery blessing that you never thought of, you never seen it, you never conceived it, but there is that untold blessing when you are planted in the house. When, when we talk about planted, the word planted, it has a connotation of permanency. It's being permanent. It's, be, it's going deeper. It's not superficial. You know, it's different from when you're going to a hotel. A hotel is not being planted. A hotel is visiting. So if you are visiting this church, we welcome you. We are so glad to have you today. But if you, are, if you do not have a home church, I want to invite you. Make this your home church. Make this where you planted yourself in the house so that you can receive the untold blessing. Okay? So in the Bible, here in verse 12 to 14, it talks that when a person is planted in the house of God, it grows like a cedar in Lebanon. So I studied the word cedar in Lebanon or Lebanese cedar. You know, the word Lebanese cedar is mentioned 71 times in the Bible. How many of you know when God mentioned things more than twice, that means there is significance to that word? How many of you know that word? what I'm trying to say, right? So this word is being mentioned 71 times. What does it mean? So I learned that the cedar of Lebanon is the most enduring living tree that the ancient Hebrew knew. Growing to a height of 10-story building, 100 feet, and the cedar of Lebanon is also the tallest tree in the region. It's very tall, it's very strong, it's very resilient. And this evergreen tree grows slowly but steadily. Okay, it takes longer to bear fruits than most trees, but the cedar of Lebanon will continue to bear fruits for centuries and centuries, even after every other trees have died and decayed. It bears multitudes of cones when it has been riven by lightning or torn and uprooted by wind. It's, it surpasses any of the windstorm that it experienced. It stays there for hundreds and hundreds of years. And in the Lebanon uh, forest, they said that those cedars stand tall for a thousand years. A thousand years. What does it mean? I know it's kind of strange to talk about thousands of years, hundreds of years, time, you know, growing slowly. Because we are not living in a generation, slow is a virtue. How many of you understand what I'm talking about, you know? Uh, how many of you have Comcast or Xfinity as your internet provider? How many of you understand that slow is not a virtue when you have a Comcast and Xfinity as your internet? You know, especially when, like me, I work from home, you know, and I do a lot of stuff from, from home, and I need the internet. And then when the things are becoming very intense, or deadline is looming, and then the internet down. So mad. And my wife is so mad at me, and I'm mad at the internet. 
I keep telling my wife, we got to change, man. This Comcast thing sucks, you know. And then my wife was so mad. I said, okay, 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 I'll call. Who, who do you want to call? Um, let's call Verizon, you know. They said that Verizon is uh, lightning fast, you know. So we call Verizon Frontier. Now they call it Frontier, right? They, it's supposed to be fast. Uh, they, they, they had quite good customer service when we call because we want their bus uh, they want our business, right? So they said, oh, yeah, you know, like they check our address. Everything is good. Everything's wonderful. You know, it takes us days to get this set up. And then they came over to our house and they're like, oops, sorry. We actually don't serve your address. Wow. What a company. You know, you could just figure it out within 10 minutes, right? Talking about technology. If I were Frontier, I would develop a system where within 30 seconds, I could tell whether this house can where the frontier can serve. So back to Xfinity again. Here I am having to live through with Xfinity. How many of you know, you know, when you stream Xfinity, especially when you're watching the Seahawks, you know, when Marshawn Lynch is trying to go through and from holy become holy, you know, it's like so mad. Why? Because this generation talks about lightning fast. Everything is fast. Your cell phone needs to be the fastest. Uh, I went to uh, uh, T-Mobile the other day uh, to complain, you know. <laughs> I don't know, 2019 is a year of complaint, okay. Just, just. So I, I, I went to T-Mobile to complain, and as I was waiting for the guy, I saw this, uh, this new phone. It's called the T Plus One, I think, or T One, or something One. Yeah, it's a T One McLaren. Oh, my God, McLaren. And then, you know, how what it shows? It shows they divide the screen into two. <laughs> the, the, the phone demo, it split the screen into two. The right side is the McLaren. <laughs> the left side is ordinary phone. <laughs> and they, they can show, like when you scroll up, uh, the other one has a little, little bit of slowness <laughs> while the McLaren smooth. <laughs> like, man, your eyes can't even tell the difference between the McLaren and the regular phone. But... In my mind, I need to have the McLaren. No delay. Fast is good. Okay? You know, and I'm not technologically savvy. When I bought my laptop, I, I have no clue about my laptop's inside, you know? When I went to the store, I said, I just want the fastest one. And the guy said, oh, well, you know, what, what uh, operating system you want, what RAM, what ROM. You know, I don't care the RAM and the ROM and the RAM. <laughs> Just get me the fastest one, no delay. <laughs> I mean, if you understand what I'm talking about, right? Slow, sometimes it's not a virtue. You want to buy a car and you always look at the horsepower, right? How many of you is like, oh, 300 horsepower? Ah, no, that, that's too fast for me. <laughs> Just give me the Nissan Leaf. 100 horsepower, I think should be good. Believe me, guys, no good. <laughs> I've driven a Prius. When you want to cut lane in I-5, you need horsepower. <laughs> it's so scary when you're driving a Prius, like, oh, okay, that car is still far. So I try to cut lane, and I hit the, the thing, and then the, the car thing first, like, what does this mean? <laughs> oh, means go fast. Then the car behind me, a Mustang, like, beep, because the Mustang is so fast, right? Fast is good. I understand that, and I don't, I don't, mean bad about fast, but certain things, slow is good, such as your character growth. 
your spiritual growth, your, your, your individual growth, I think time is good. Takes time is good, right? How many of you do, doesn't like to sit still? Right? I know, if I sit still, I need to look at something. How many of you behave the same way as I do? You know, I just sit for like two minutes. The, the guys are just wait for two minutes. I need to look for my phone. I need to read news, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, you know, TikTok, like so many, you know. Two minutes, not enough to update every social media. <laughs> you know, sometimes I tell them, like, it's okay. Just, I, I can wait for 10 minutes. I need to go through everything first. And then, you know, you, you know, it's not enough for Facebook. Facebook has Facebook. Something, the one that at the top, you know, the one that disappeared for 14 seconds. You know, you need to look at that one too. And then you need to look at Insta story, then Insta, Insta live, in so many. You know, our life is like, oh, slow is good. Slow is good. You need to take time to slow. You know, my, my house, when we bought the house, I think the seller of the house is a green thumb. How many of you know a green thumb? A green thumb is this person that when whatever they grow, it will, whatever they planted, it will grow fruits. So when we bought the house, it was so nice. We have blue, blue, blueberry trees, we have cherries, we have grapes, apple, pears, strawberry, so many fruit trees, you know. We moved in for two years, strawberry gone. I was asking my wife, was, wasn't the, we have a strawberry trees this way last time? Where are they now? <laughs> I can't see the strawberry trees gone. So strange. I don't know who pulled it out. It's just gone. You know, and my blueberry trees, only one out of four trees that has blueberries. The rest, I forgot wh what trees are this. Never grow fruits. So one time, my blueberry trees was planting there, you know, was uh, growing quite nicely. And then my neighbor's tree came over our fence and it blocked the sun. So I was like, ah, that's not good, right? You know, I think they need sun, right? So I pull out those blueberry trees and I move it to the other side where there are a lot of trees. You want to guess where are those two blueberry trees now? In the dumpster. <laughs> they are dead. <laughs> they are dead. The same way God talks about our spiritual lives, about our character, about our lives, is that we cannot just pull ourselves out from this house and then move to another house and then move another house and then move another house, move another house. Yeah, you might not die, but you will be like this height. No more growth. My son asked me, Daddy, when did you start growing? 13. <laughs> when I was 10, this height, and then 13, whoa, not bad. And then from 13 to now, no more growth. <laughs> Stuck. <laughs> but God says, the Lebanon trees are planted there. And it's seasoned through the ages, 100 years, 1,000 of years. When all of the friends and when all the other species of trees have decayed and died, it still bear fruits. During the biblical times, the Lebanon cedars were also transported over 200 miles to construct the temple in Jerusalem. According to 1 Kings 6, verse 18, all was cedar, there was no stone seen, was the temple material to build the, the temple of God. And in the temple of God, 
it represents God's presence. And it's all made entirely by the wood, the cedar wood. The Israelites went for, to great efforts to get cedar wood because of its durability. It's resistant to rotting. Like the cedar that was used to build the temple, the house of the Lord, we too can be planted in God's house, and hence you will be in God's presence. And this enables us to keep growing, regardless of the storms and bugs that comes our way. How many of you have ever experienced being pulled out of the house of God, and then the storm of life happened? <laughs> and then suddenly like, oh, what happened here? You know, be planted in the house. And how do you be planted in the house? Easy. Commit yourself to say, you know what? This will be my house. This will be my family. This will be where I build my community, right? Listen, guys, come on, okay? A church is a family. A church is not an organization. Because if a church is an organization, then how do you evaluate a church? Is you evaluate their performance, right? When you come to IFJ Seattle, if you treat this as an organization, then you will imagine this as an organization through the performance. Like, is the lighting good? Right? Is the pastor awesome? Uh, is the pastor a celebrity? Is the church beautiful? Is, uh, you know, is the people perfect? Dude, that is heaven. There is no such thing in the world. Believe me, you can go to different churches. You can go to different places. There is no perfect pastor. No perfect people. No perfect family. Take a look at your own family. Take a look at my family. We know that family are not perfect, right? You come to my house, you can tell, oh my God, you know you are entering into an imperfect family. It's a disaster sometimes when you come to our house at the appropriate times, right? But when imperfect family come together, doesn't mean that we walk out when things become bad, right? We stay in the family when things become bad. That is family. And I really appreciate to my brothers and sisters who have stood together with us for some of you 15 years, some of you 17 years, some of you 20 years. This 15, 17, 20 years doesn't mean all kasera sera. Every day is Hawaii beach, you know. No. Over the past 20 years, we went through a lot of turmoil as a church. We went through financial turmoil. We went through leadership turmoil, many. But as a family, we decide we're going to just stay and be planted in this house. And we can see the fruits of that planting starts to appear, right? Let's continue. Hey, here's another thing that I learned about the cedar tree. The cedar tree comes naturally equipped with bug spray and band-aids. Awesome, right? It's like amazing. He said the smell of the wood is so powerful that it repels most insects. And if insects try to eat its leaves, the sap will clog its throats. The sap also heals wound on the tree. So if you look at the cedar tree, and if you cut the bark of the cedar tree, the sap will appear from the, uh, from the bark, and it cover up the wound to let it heal. Isn't that amazing? God is amazing to give this illustration to us. He says this, the sap hardens and acts as a band-aid for the tree. Where do I know this? Psalm 104. Psalm 104 Verse 16 to 17, it says this, The tree of the Lord are full of sap, 
the cedars of Lebanon, which he had planted. And the sap is both an energizing life force and a built-in protection. When you are planted in the house of the Lord, there is a built-in life energizing force and a built-in protection. That's what the Lord says. If you don't believe it, ask the Lord. Okay, try it. This, not, not sap, but the, uh, we too come with a built-in protection. Not sap, but the kingdom of heaven within. Nothing can stop the vitality of our omnipotent God. Nothing. Believe it. Be planted. When you plant, a, uh, 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 when you plant a fruit trees, you don't see the fruits usually overnight. Right? You will, some you will see it next year. You know, I, I, I love Japanese maple. I know. I sound so green thumb, right? I'm, I'm not. But I love Japanese maple. I don't know how many of you. I wish I have a photo of a Japanese maple. It's one of the most beautiful plants, I, I think, in my, in my opinion. You know, it's so beautiful, this Japanese maple. And w- during the spring, it will turn red, bright, fiery red. And during the summer, it will turn very dark red. So beautiful. The problem is it is very expensive. You know, a, a, a tree like this, a Japanese maple, I think it will cost about $200 with no guarantee that it will survive. Okay, so to me, very frugal. I don't want to spend $200 buying a tree like this big, right? Uh, what if it dies, especially for me? So I bought a small one. I bought it from Costco, $60. <laughs> it took me seven years to see the beauty of this plant. So sometimes when you plant fruit trees or trees, it doesn't, you don't see the fruit today. You don't see the fruit tomorrow. You might see the fruit next year, in the next season. You might see the fruit in two years, or like in my case, seven years. Or like the cedar of Lebanon, a hundred years. I don't know. But slow is good. Slow is good, okay? Why is then the righteous compared to the cedar tree? I want to say three things uh, today. Thank God the Seahawks is playing at 140 today. So we have plenty of time. Yeah, yeah. How many of you watched the Patriots game last night? Oh, man, I, yeah, I, I feel bad for Tom Brady. I think he's done, lah, you know. I think to just throw the towel, 43 years old, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I can't barely wake up on my bed without aching, you know. <laughs> when a seed is being planted, the seed faces many obstacles. You are the seed of God. When you are planted in the house of God, Sometimes you experience obstacles in life. Sometimes you experience darkness, right? When a seed is being planted inside the ground, you feel you're dying. You feel that you lost the lights. Sometimes you lost hope. That's okay. Be patient. Be patient, okay? Because animals sometimes can come and lick those seeds or maybe eat it away. The soil condition might not be appropriate. The weather is too cold. The weather is too hot. Enough enough sun, too little sun, too much sun. And sometimes the seed only options, listen, the seed's only option is to depend on the source of life. It cannot depend on any other thing outside of, of the environment except for what's inside the environment, which is the soil. You understand what I'm trying to say? Sometimes the seed's only options to survive and to thrive is its soil, its source of life. Sometimes your only options to thrive 
is the source of life, which is Jesus. It is not the environment. It is not the sun. It is not people's, you know, helping out and, and all. Sometimes your only options is to trust in the source of life, which is Jesus. Amen? I want to say three things, and I'm going to be done. Number one is that untold blessings come when we are planted in his house. Just now we read it in verse 12 to 13. It says, the righteous flourish. Flourish means prosper, blessed, right? Get favor and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord, and they flourish in the courts of our God. And number two, untold blessings come not in the absence of storms of life. Come on, I don't promise you like goal, path every day. I don't promise you that. Sometimes it comes in the midst of the different seasons of life. It will one day come to the point that even the greatest windstorm cannot affect your ability to grow. But for now in this season, yeah. There are windstorms that affect you. There are windstorms that can damage you. But have that resilience to be planted and depend on the source of life. Because one day, these things will not affect you anymore. He says this in verse 3. Psalm 1, Psalm 1. Psalm chapter 1, it says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Can you say amen? I want that. I want during the, the storm, it doesn't affect me. I want during the drought, it doesn't wither me. And whatever I do shall prosper because God's favor is there when you are planted and when you trust in the only source of life, which is Jesus. Proverbs 18, verse 1, it says, But a man, listen, how many of you likes emo? Likes to be alone, you know. A man who isolates, isolates himself seeks his own desire and he rages against all wise judgment. How many um, here in this room that you are tired because you are raging against your own judgment? Right? Come on, don't lift up your hands though, but you know who you are, right? Yeah. Number three, untold blessing not only for you, but for your children and your children's children. Come on. I know many of you are young. You don't appreciate when we talk about children. They say, what do you mean, pastor, children? I'm a still a children. Believe me. You will appreciate it when the blessing of God, not only for you, but for your children and children's children. You know, I, um, my cousin just came. Uh, to send uh, his daughter uh, to Shoreline, which I'm going to introduce you guys to, to the Shoreline community. My cousin uh, came to Seattle, dropped off her daughter, so we had uh, br uh, dinner, and we were talking about our great-grandparents. Okay? Uh, my family is very unique because over two generations, we have experienced five generations in one house. Yeah? In, in Chinese, we call right? you know, which is very rare to have five generations living in one house. And we have experienced two generations that way. Five generations and then five generations. That is like really a blessing of our family. So when I was little, when I was like six, seven years old, I know my great-grandparents. <laughs> Can you imagine my great-grandparents? It's awesome. 
because they always wear this uh, Chinese style um, uh, clothes and with, with, with the two pockets. You, know, you guys know what I'm talking about, you know, the Kung Fu clothes. You know, my grandpa always wear these Kung Fu clothes and it always have these two pockets. And when we, the great-grandchildren come, he always dispense all these uh, 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 sweets, candies, you know, from the pocket. So the great-grandchildren, and he has 42 great-grandchildren, my great-grandparents, okay? I'm one of the younger ones. So when we come to our great-grandparents, oh, they will always dispense candy. Man, they are like, they are like a Santa Claus to us, you know? We love seeing them. So my great-grandparents have my grandparents, and at that moment, I already have a niece. I, I already have a nephew, which is about the same age as me, the nephew. So you can imagine, five generations. When my great-grandma passed away, my great-grandpa loved my great-grandma so much, guys. They love each other. They travel together. Even though at their old age, they travel, they go to Europe. They love each other so much that my great-grandpa passed away 24 hours after my great-grandma by her side. Isn't that amazing? So, you know, the coffin... You know, she was, he was sitting there next to the coffin, and he was like, hey, great-grandpa, let's go home. It's time for you to rest. Said, no, no, I don't want to rest. He said, I want to sit here with her. I want to spend time with her. And then the next day when we come back, he already passed next to her. So now my great-grandparents my great gone, my grand grandparents. And then now my niece, my nephew, and myself, we have children. So we have five generations again coming down, being blessed, right? It's, let me tell you guys. It is so beautiful to see generation being blessed. Come on. That's my prayer. I pray to God. I say, God, I want to be blessed. I want to be highly favored. I want to see me being blessed by you. I want to listen to your revelation. But not only for me, God, give it to my son. And not only for my son, God, give it to my grandchildren too. And my grandchildren's children and so on and so on. See, when you are planted in the house of God, God's promise is that in your old age, listen to this, verse 13, in your old age, you still produce fruits. To those of you who think you are old, can you say amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? I want that. In my old age, I still produce fruits. I still want to go nations. I still want to serve God. I still want to see people being transformed in my old age. My spiritual dad uh, just uh, had her, his birthday in Vancouver, B.C. just uh, last week. And he is 87 years old. 87, my spiritual dad is 87 years old. When he was 65 years old, he served me as a young college go uh, boy. He drove from Vancouver, B.C. to Eugene, Oregon. And that's about eight hours one-way drive just to serve people like me. 65 years old, but he never think that he's old. He drove eight hours, so he arrived on Friday at 4 p.m., and then he will serve, 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 serve. You know, our church in Eugene, because we are a small church, so our church is on Friday, 7 p.m., the church. 7 to 9 is church, and then 10 to 12, we eat dinner together as a church, and then 1 o'clock, Bible study, a.m., <laughs> because he has to go back. So 1 a.m., we will start our Bible study till 3 a.m., if everything goes smooth, if, if things don't go smooth, like the other night, you know, when I uh, was fighting with him, you know, I always argue with my pastor, please don't do that to me. <laughs> we ended our Bible study at 5 a.m. Yeah. And at 7 a.m., I got baptized that night. And then he, after that, 7 a.m., he baptized me. He drove back 
to Vancouver to prepare for Sunday service in Vancouver. Every week, 65 years old, and then he did that for 10 years <laughs> until 75 years old, and he's still doing that. It's amazing. In the old age, when you are planted in the house of God, you still produce fruits. Man, oh man. Come on, guys. To those of you who are still young, believe me, it will come. When I was in my early 20s listening to you guys, I'm like, oh my God, that pastor is so old. My pastor was 40 years old when he was telling me all these things, and I'm like, oh, so old. And now I'm way past 40. <laughs> Can't believe. Unimaginable how fast time flies. But when you are planted in the house of God, in the old age, you still produce fruits, and they are always green and full of sap. Isn't that amazing? I want that. John Bevere said this, We stun our growth when we continually uproot ourselves from where God plants us. Stay planted. Okay? I invite you, stay planted in this house. I don't promise you that this house is a perfect house. This house is not perfect. <laughs> Do you have a photo of that imperfect pastor? Show it to them. If you have a pastor like this, how can this church be perfect? Cannot it be perfect? <laughs> I don't lie to you. If you are looking for a perfect pastor and a perfect church, make this your last Sunday here. Don't come back again. Because you, believe me, you will be disappointed. You look at this pastor, you know. This community is far from perfect. But this community is family. Next one. Enough of that photo. <laughs> Sometimes, enough, enough. <laughs> Sometimes the greatest act of faith is faithfulness staying where you are planted, right? Sometimes your act of faith is just to be faithful where you are planted. Listen, guys, to those of you who have been here in this community for maybe more than a year, two years, three years, and sometimes you are frustrated because you don't see the fruits yet, you don't see the manifestation of the blessings, sometimes it takes time. Some of you experience it within months, some of you experience it within a year, two years, three years, it's okay. It takes time, right? I always tell my young leaders or potential leaders, I'm so happy to see their excitement. Really, when I'm around these young leaders, I feel their energy. I feel their youthfulness. I'm so glad at your energy, but I always remind them that it's good to have your enthusiasm, but it is better at your old age that you produce fruits. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah? It's good to be excited like, yeah, God is good. But I want you to stay that way until your old age. Perseverance is important, guys. Okay, especially to those of you who are new in this place. Take time. It's okay. Okay. The other thing when you are planted is we have care groups all over the community. Find a care groups that you feel comfortable, that can become a support group that can grow together with you. I think it's better that way, right? Because sometimes in the church, there's so many people, you can get lost. But when you have care groups, you come together, you have lunch together with the care groups. And I'm happy. 
Because a lot of times people say, oh, being a pastor is lonely. I don't feel lonely. <laughs> because I have so many friends in my own generation that they are pastors, they are preachers, they are ministers, that they are my friends. They are not only my co-workers, but they are my friends. In times of needs, I can reach out to them. I can trust them. I can tell them, hey, you know what? I can't do this. Please help me. Oh, I need your advice. Hey, can you have dinner with me? Can you have lunch with me? Sometimes I do that. I pop up randomly. I'm like, hey, do you have time? Let's have lunch here. We have lunch. I'm not lonely. I have friends. Beautiful to have a community. Be planted, okay? There is an aspect of character development that comes only as we work through conflict. If you are facing tension, temptation to leave this place where you have been planted, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you with his wisdom. Listen, I have a, I have a confession, okay? You know, this year is my, oh man, I'm so bad at math. It's my 26 years serving in this house. This year, 2020. And I've seen a lot of people's excuses. Okay? <laughs> I've seen a lot of people's excuses. Some people like, give excuses like, oh, pastor, I need to leave this house and move to another house because you fill the blank. <laughs> Listen, ask the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes the excuses that they give is like so fake. If you don't like this house, just tell me why you don't like this house so that I can improve. I can change. Don't tell me like, oh, pastor, what are the most ridiculous excuses yeah, that I've received? It's okay. They are listening in the podcast probably. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. If it is your time to leave, God will lead you where you belong and where you need to be planted. Some of you need to be do doing that. And I have, no, I have no problem telling you it's time for you to leave. We have done that a few times in this church. Hey, you know what? You are not growing in this place. Find a place that you can grow and be planted and be committed and be well fed in that place. You know, listen, I want to end with this. We may not walk hand in hand all the time. You and I, we might not agree in all issues and all subjects. But as a family, let's commit to always walk shoulder to shoulder, with, would you? Just walk shoulder to shoulder with me. Sometimes you just got to trust me to make that decision, even though you don't like my decision, right? Come on, as the father of the house, sometimes it's not easy to make decision. You understand what I'm trying to say? But I got to make decision so that this church can continue to move. And some of the decision is stinky. <laughs> it's yucky. But somebody got to make that decision. And unfortunately, in this house, I have to make the decision. <laughs> okay? So if you don't agree with my decision, it's okay. Today, let's just commit. Walk shoulder to shoulder with me. Just trust me for now. And maybe one day, I will trust you. You make the decision. I walk hand, shoulder to shoulder with you. Okay, let's all stand. As we partake on the Holy Communion, I want to read this. Actually, I want to share this in the Thursday prayer night, but I, I'll share this today because maybe some of you cannot make it on Thursday prayer meeting. We're, we're starting again, guys, by the way. Uh, this Thursday, 7.30, come. 
we're studying. I want to read this. Psalm 25, uh, verse 12 to 14. This will be the, from the Passion Translation. Listen, guys. I'm going to end with this, okay? And uh, probably this, is, this will be the verse for you for today. He says, For the honor of your name, Lord, never count my sins. Forgive them all. Some of us are not perfect. Maybe we have sin. We have imperfection. We have transgression. We have mistake. Ask the Lord, Lord, in the honor of your name, forgive me. Lift the burdens of my life. Come on. This could be your prayer, right? How many of you have burdens? Lift the burden, Lord. Who are they that live in the holy fear of God? How many of you in this place live in the holy fear of the Lord? You will show them the right path to take. Then prosperity and favor will be their portion. Can you say amen? And their descendants will inherit all that is good. All those who believe say amen. Listen to this. I love verse 14. There is a private place reserved for the lovers of God. You and me. Where they sit near him and receive the revelation secret of his promise. That is my prayer. Verse 14. This year, God is going to give me the revelation secret of his promise. And I hope that can be your prayer too.